This is episode number 224, and today we'll discuss how to know if he or she is the one. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher. Each week, we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of Practical Christian training. So I remember before I got married to my awesome wife, Andrea, finding my wife was like one of the things I thought about more than almost anything else, uh, which makes sense. We're kind of wired to to be attracted to uh, people of the opposite gender. And, you know, we want to get married and build families and, and have that relationship, right? And if everything works out the way that you hope, you only get married once, right? Like, I don't want to marry anyone other than Andrea. She, she is the person I want to live with for the rest of my life and be married to. And I, I remember when I was single, I felt a lot of pressure to get it right, right? If you only got one shot, one chance to marry somebody, don't mess it up, right? And so, so I remember asking, like, who should I marry? Who should I consider as a candidate that even if I'm attracted to them, Maybe there might be some things that disqualify them from being in the running, so to speak, you know? And uh, one person recently wrote into the Facebook group asking, like, what if there's more than one person that I'm interested in? How do I know what to do? So in this episode, I want to cover some some ground rules, some like basic necessities that any person has to meet before you would even consider pursuing a serious relationship with them. And then also at the end, take some of the pressure off, all right? So, thing number one that your potential spouse-to-be must be is a Christian. God is very clear that he only wants us to marry other Christians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, Paul instructs widows, so people that have been previously married and their, their husband or their wife uh, had died, they are instructed to remarry, but only if they are, quote-unquote, in the Lord, only if they are believers. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul gives us the advice that we are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And that passage is mainly used in the context of a marriage relationship where you are, you know, attached to this other person and there's no, there's no separating, right? A yoke was literally a piece of wood that was used to connect two oxen so they would plow in the same direction. And if one moved to the right, the other moved to the right. If one moved to the left, the other moved to the left, right? You're basically combining their power to be able to pull, pull a plow. And so that's, that's the image, right? That you are yoked, you are physically attached to this other person. And you can't be unified in your marriage if one of you is trying to follow Jesus and the other person isn't, right? It's impossible. So whoever you're going to marry, they have to be a Christian. Now, Above and beyond that, you know, above and beyond just, you know, believing in Jesus, going to church, you should only marry someone who loves God more than you, all right? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, when Jesus is talking about uh, qualifications for following him, he says, you know, if you love your closest relationships, your father, mother, son, daughter, right, wife, husband, best friend, if you love anyone more than Jesus, he says you are not worthy of him, right? Jesus is Lord, 
means that he needs to be your primary relationship. And vice versa, you want Jesus to be your spouse's or your potential spouse's primary relationship. You want your spouse to be more concerned with loving and honoring God than you. And that might seem weird. That might seem like, how does that make sense? I want them to love me. But when you adopt that mindset, when each of you are focused on doing what God wants you to do and honoring God with your life, when God is at the center of your marriage, you can reach a level of intimacy and trust that couples in the world can never experience. Because you know that because this other person is pursuing God and you are also pursuing God, you are going to be going in the same direction. That a lot of the friction, a lot of the fights and, and the, the things that pull couples apart, you guys get to be unified about. You guys to be, get to be on the same page about. And so it's so important that the person that you uh, think that you want to marry, the person that you want to pursue a relationship with is like, that's cool and all, but if you ever get in the way of my relationship with God, I'm dumping you like a bad habit. That is the perfect candidate to consider as a potential spouse, all right? And it's important to have that mindset because not all Christians have that mindset. There are plenty of, you know, church attending, good, nice people that will put you on a pedestal above God because their relationship with God is not where it needs to be. So save yourself the, the trouble of weighing down, being weighed down by someone who isn't interested in pursuing God and is very okay with settling with making you the God of their life. That's a pressure and you know that, that you don't want. So make sure that they're not just Christians and believers, but someone who will drop you like a bad habit if you get in the way of their relationship with God. Now, if they check those boxes, then immediately they become a better spouse candidate than anyone you will find outside the church, right? Any person in the church that meets those criteria will be a better spouse than anyone that you are physically attracted to, that you get along with, that you vibe with, that you have the same hobbies as, if they don't have that perspective about God. Right, Because physical attraction fades over time. Those things you're doing together right now, you won't be able to do forever. Life will change. Your body will change. What's important to you will change. Right, And, and those things, those temporary things, will, will fade over time and cannot serve as the glue that holds your marriage together. Right? But when you marry someone who loves God more than they love you, they will make a fantastic spouse. And when they continue to show over and over and over again that they love God with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. You will fall head over heels in love with them time and time again. I promise you. All right? So other than that, other than making sure that they are committed to God over their commitment to their relationship with you, then just get advice from wise men and women that know you well, that know each of you well, ideally, right? Pray about it. And then trust your gut. It is really cool how God has wired us to be attracted to other people. And when you know that the person you want to pursue has a firm foundation in their faith, it's really hard to mess it up. So just go for it, pray about it, do your best, and trust that as long as this other person has a firm relationship with God, you should be just fine. Well, that is it for today. Hopefully you found that helpful, enlightening, uh, relieving for some of you. If you like what you heard, make sure to leave an honest review in Apple Podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. I want to give a special thanks to all of my patrons who support the podcast financially and keep it free from advertisements. You guys are rock stars. And if this episode helped you in some way, p- please, please pass it along 
to someone that you know would benefit from listening to it. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.